Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It is a magnificent football Monday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here on the BetQL Network. And we are happy now to welcome in our audience on Stadium. We'll be simulcast on Stadium for the next couple hours, which is really great. And if you're watching us on Stadium right now, thank you. You're special. And we really appreciate it. And we got Later, a couple suckers. hours of bad... <laughs> so we'll see you later, suckers. See you tomorrow. I'm out of here. Now it's kind of like, what am I, Zach Wilson? I'm here to work, baby. Here to dominate. Uh, and over the course of the next couple hours, we'll see. Over the course of the next couple hours on the show, badass wagertainment coming your way. We are going to get you set to bet and hopefully win coming up this weekend, week 14 in the National Football League. We'll, we're bringing you our early handicap for all the games. We touched on Steelers, Patriots, and what could, could be the, the worst game we've seen in quite some time, setting offensive football back to the Mesozoic era coming up on Thursday night with the Steelers and the Patriots. We talked about that game to wrap up our number one. If you missed it, just search You Bet. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, and you can check it out in podcast form. So we'll continue rolling through the games week 14 in the NFL. We'll kind of intersperse our thoughts from what we saw yesterday, week 13 NFL Sunday as well. The whale capper Drew Densick will join us next hour on the show. NBC Sports betting analyst giving us his bets for Monday Night Football, his plays for week 14 in the NFL, and thoughts on the NBA in-season tournament quarterfinal games coming up tonight. Absolutely can't wait for it. Ken and I will give you our bets for tonight. NBA, NHL, Monday Night Football in the final hour of the show. But for now, we continue on week 14 in the National Football League and we turn our attention to Sunday slate and we begin in Atlanta with the Falcons oh, and the Buccaneers in the NFC South. Uh, Kenny, please bring the music up here. It's a really high leverage game, like an elimination game basically for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if they lose, be two games behind Atlanta in the loss column and the Falcons will have the head-to-head tiebreaker over them. So this is basically the Bucs want to make the playoffs, want to win the division, absolutely have to win this game after Atlanta went into their place and won. And one of the stupidest games of the season where Desmond Ritter fumbled like nine times and Atlanta still won that game 16-13 on the road in Tampa. So the Bucks coming off a, a close win over Carolina. And if you bet Tampa in the game, you're probably pretty frustrated by what happened at the end with Bryce Young with the two-point conversion at the end. And uh, hopefully you bet the Falcons like we did yesterday because they won and covered at Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, and the horrendous New York Jets. Can the betting market at BetMGM for the Falcons and the Bucks on Sunday? Atlanta a two-and-a-half-point home favorite, 
two and a half. Total in the game is 39 and a half. And just a couple pieces of injury um, injury news here just to get ahead of this week. Atlanta, number one cornerback, A.J. Terrell in concussion protocol, which is problematic when you think about Mike Evans on the other side for Tampa, who's having like a big-time turn-back-the-clock season in a Hall of Fame career. Going to make a ton of money this offseason. Evans scheduled to be a free agent. So we'll monitor the status of A.J. Terrell. Arthur Smith confirming Terrell's in concussion protocol. Said that earlier today on Monday. And we'll have to check out the status of these Bucks defensive injuries as well. All the players that missed yesterday's game, Jamel Dean, Levante David, Devin White, will they return for this game coming up on Sunday? A really high leverage game in the NFC South. So Ken, our initial handicap here, Falcons and the Bucks, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Well, yeah, I mean, it took the words out of my mouth a little bit, and uh, in a good way, too, because I, I think this number, I this is what I thought the game would be blind at and open. Like, this is about what I thought we would get. And the movement that will take place throughout this week will be dictated by the injuries that you mentioned, especially, I think, the Bucks' defensive injuries, which were sort of like a cluster. <laughs> there was a cluster, all right. And uh, sort of a, a cluster injury at the linebacker position and just like half their defense, basically, like uh, in terms of playmakers out for that game. Yeah, like if those guys are back, then I think we're staying here where we're going down. And if they're if they end up being out for the game again, wouldn't surprise me remotely to see Atlanta go to a three point favorite in the game. Um, so I, I think kind of like a Tampa injury report, like, yes, AJ Terrell also matters, but like the Bucks have so many guys hurt. Um, you know, Godwin played with an injury yesterday. Like there's just there's so many, so many potential injuries for Tampa. I think that'll guide the line movement throughout the week. Uh, I, I did not bet anything like it open. I do think that with so much data between the teams and with this being, I think, like a really good encapsulate. I think we know so much about a lot of these NFC South teams, honestly, uh, as long as they're not switching quarterbacks all the time. I think two and a half is really close to the right number. When I think something's really close to the right number, have no problem teasing away from it. Um, so yeah. like Bucks to, eight, Bucks to eight and a half with how the Falcons like to play games to low scoring, grind out the clock, not win by margin in most of the games they play. It's a really easy, it doesn't mean it has to win. Doesn't mean that at all. I think it's just a really, really easy, like either second half of a teaser, if you put it with, how about the fact, I check my account, I go, oh, right, Miami teasers. Should have just laid the points. Whoops. Like, what's going on there? They're always fun to pay a tax for no reason. So I have to close some of those out. I think Tampa eight and a half is a good way to close out a couple of them. There's a couple other legs this week that make some sense as well. That, I mean, it's just, you look at this, and it's just, it should be the first thing, honestly, like, if you pay attention, you listen to our show, you watch our show, you should look at this point spread, and the first thing you should be thinking is, yeah, like, why don't we just tease Tampa up to plus eight and a half, and we just win. Like, you probably no. just win. You probably just win no, that just teaser win. leg. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you feel, you feel, yeah, I mean, you feel really as far good as teaser legs, yes, yeah. like, it is not definitely going to win, of course, just that it's hard to feel better about a teaser leg, I feel like, than this one. Tampa sure. up to plus eight and a half against this team, against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so you mentioned, you know, defensive injuries possibly for Tampa. Let's say this goes to three. And we're going to see a bunch of guys out for Tampa defensively. And, like, we did see Carolina, like, run the ball pretty effectively yesterday on the Bucks, And the Bucks were basically, like, daring Carolina to throw the ball, like, like um, stacking the box, obviously, to stop Hubbard and Miles Sanders. And Carolina still ran it pretty effectively. Is Would you click Tampa plus three if it gets there? Or is your, would your thought be, well, Atlanta will be able to run the ball in this game with Bijan and Algier and Cordero Patterson and maybe, like, not to take Tampa plus three, where ordinarily, if that's going to be the number, like, I think it's an easy click for both of us, but maybe not in this situation if Tampa's going to be down a couple key members on def on uh, defensive personnel. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting conversation topic for sure. Like, 
I, how about this? Like, I, I probably wouldn't lay Atlanta in that situation, but it's, I mean, the Bucs would be in a tough spot in that game. And I agree with you, like watching Carolina move the ball a little bit yesterday. Man, the Bucs have played some like really compelling over games recently too. They played the shootout against Houston. Uh, Stroud obviously had like the record setting performance in that game. So we've seen the Bucs defense, despite the fact like Todd Bowles, a defensive head coach is their head coach, seen them kind of get cooked a few times here. Like, if, if this game got the first game did the exact opposite of getting loose, like there were turnovers in the end zone, turnovers at the goal line, like the game went way under, but wasn't really that kind of a game. Would it really surprise me if this game opened up? No, not really. Uh, to be perfectly honest, wouldn't surprise me that much. But like, would I bet the over? No, like I, I kind of agree with this. Just the, the crux of like the teasing handicap. I feel like this season, especially I'm sure this is true the last few years, but I feel like we've had so many examples this year. Because you can you can tease obviously like any number in any direction. It doesn't have to be this. The the game between two mediocre teams, two and a half to up to eight and a half, or one and a half up to seven and a half on the dog, like that exact teaser leg, I feel like we have identified a bunch of really valuable legs. And the funny thing is that you you even got home with Boyle and Simeon yesterday in a similar game with Atlanta and the Jets. Like I I said I didn't want to tease the Jets because the volatility is so high with their quarterback. You still got that home. Like these dog up, and it doesn't have to be every game because I'm sure somebody will look and be like, ah, it's like it's good, but it's not great. I feel like these are the legs I've at least identified. Like not every week, but like a lot of these types of teaser legs have been so much better than favorite down, you know, or like just depending on like how the teams fit together, especially some of the home dog up at like two and a half or two have been really good. So uh, I, I think this is just another one of those two mediocre teams, low to and part of that, honestly, just to conclude the kind of like this comment part, it's like, well, why is that? Why do you think that's going really well? Because scoring's way down and scoring's way down in like the mediocre team games, like every total's in the 30s. So yeah, like if that's going to be the case, create a one possession margin where you win in a game that's uh, if the scoring's going to be down and the totals are going to be low. Um, so again, just another example, I think that fits that description. I've been playing on the Falcons for a while here, which is, I think, funny. Just and maybe I'm the only person that finds it funny because of like the, all the rants I had against Arthur Smith earlier. It was funny yesterday. Year, but I think he's. I was laughing he's all the way to the bank. It was great. Yeah, yeah and look, and, and I think it's been it's it's been pretty good as of late. A couple weeks ago against the Saints as well. There's part of me that just wants to like lay the Falcons here. I don't think I can bring myself to do it because like yeah, and a, like I feel doubt they're gonna win by one or two. Maybe it's Falcons money line. Like I I'd like to play Atlanta. I think I need to see an injury report later in the week and let's see if Terrell's going to play because if not, like Mike Evans is going to explode in this game if AJ Terrell doesn't play. Maybe the game does get a little loose and uh, and Tampa's may be able to win. Um, I don't think I would ever bet Tampa unless I got a three, depending on injuries. But the Tampa teaser, I think the teaser leg is just is is really, really solid. Fire the cannons and let's catch some teaser legs coming up on Sunday in Atlanta. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Magnificent football Monday, handicapping week 14 in the NFL. Ken, let's go from the uh, from the NFC South over to the NFC North, where the Detroit Lions tried their best yesterday to have what would have been one of the worst losses of the NFL season, racing out to a 21-0 lead midway through, not the first half, the first quarter against Derek Carr and the New Orleans Almost Saints. impossible. Has to be one of the earliest 21-0 leads we've ever seen. Maybe the earliest. Like really? Eight, Six minutes? Eight, eight, eight whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's like like we're halfway through the first quarter. Yeah. And Detroit is up 21 nothing on New Orleans and almost lost the game. And then Dan Campbell did like the roll of the dice at the end and they got the fourth down to salt the game away. And all I'm thinking is like, this jerk's going to win coach of the year and everyone's just going to talk about this fourth down call. Right. Like, ignore the fact <laughs> that they almost blew like an insane lead in this game sure. to a terrible New Orleans Saints team. And we'll get into the Saints in the next game against the Carolina Panthers and the, the myriad injuries 
sustained by Derek Carr, where I actually feel bad for this dude at this point because, like, he's got multiple concussions this year. They need to sit him down. We'll get to that game coming up probably next segment. But let's talk about this Lions-Bears game, Ken, where uh, Chicago from last night— where the point spread was like four, four and a half. Uh, Chicago's been getting bet. And at, as of right now, at BetMGM, Detroit in between a three and a three and a half point favorite at the, on the road in Chicago. The total is 42 and a half. The Bears are coming off their bye. And these two teams obviously played a couple weeks ago in Detroit. We were lucky to get the teaser legs home. Like, thank God that happened. The Lions won that game 31-26, to but the Bears led throughout the entire game before the, like, crazy comeback with Jared Goff and the Lions at the very end. So Detroit wins yesterday against New Orleans, but I, I, I wasn't exactly inspired by their performance. The Bears are coming off the Monday night win last week against the Vikings, and not that you would be inspired by that performance either, but they did win the game. Uh, so, Ken, Detroit in between three and three and a half in Chicago, 42 and a half the total. Jared Goff and his baby hands outdoors in the cold in December. Uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Lions and bears. Oh, my. Yeah, we, on Monday, I'll, I'll never do weather forecasts, but it's just worth noting that we have games outside this week in December in Pittsburgh on Thursday night, in Cleveland on Sunday, which is just like a notorious haven for absurd weather patterns, uh, and this game in Chicago, and a game in Cincinnati. And like, yeah, MetLife Stadium, but like yesterday's about as brutal as the weather really ever gets at MetLife Stadium. Like not frequently as bad as like some of the Midwest stadium. They're all hosting games. Like Tuesday, Wednesday, let's at least start to, because like there's some forecasts, like none of them are going to mean anything right now. You could, I think you have the chance in some of these games with how some of the totals have opened, the to total in the Bengals game is 40 and a half. This outdoor game in Cincinnati, a game against the, the Colts who go over every game, I get it, but like, oh my God. And and the Browns against the Jags and like the Browns might start Joe Flacco at home again. So like, I just, it's, this is put that in that trio of like Midwest games hosting and Pittsburgh on Thursday night, I guess would be the fourth one. Just like, kind of want to know what the conditions are going to be like in this game before I tell you what I think is going to happen. It could be, it, it's December. It could be pretty wild. Uh, I, I heard you explain what happened overnight with the market for this game. And I think I just agree that like, that makes sense to me that that happened, right? It makes sense that the game opened more than three, that early betters were interested in taking the bears at those numbers, because like, let's be honest, there are some things to like here. Chicago's defense played a little bit better recently. Fields is a polarizing figure. We'll kind of leave him out for, for now, but just like they are coming off a win. Uh, we have seen these two teams play recently and there was not much difference between them. The Bears are coming off a bye and the Lions played like an all-in road game and travel again. So like all the circumstantial stuff in the game and you could be like, well, that stuff doesn't matter. Late in the year, I kind of think sometimes you see that stuff get bet. Like the Packers got jammed last night against the Chiefs who were in a pretty rough stretch. Like all in Monday night game against the Eagles road. And then that was the second straight road game. That's a pretty rough spot. It's th three games in about a short amount of time as you can have them Monday, Sunday, Sunday. So like, okay, I, I get that though. Those points got taken. I get it. Uh, now that we're here for me, the only conversation is going to be about the lions. Yes or no. I do think they're better than this number. Not a lot better. And I get why the bears got bet. Like the circumstantial, like sort of the spot part of this. I wouldn't bet the Lions yet, but like if we keep going down, two and a half immediate buy on the Lions, not even close. And then we won't get there though, right? Uh, you wouldn't think we are, we already went four and a half to three and a half to three. Why can't we go to two and a half? The game was very close a couple weeks ago. Why yeah, we go I gotta to tell you, man. But I just just that yeah. like I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I would have to imagine that other people would also at two and a, two and a half. Just like click that button on Detroit. Three one ten is real close though. Three one ten is like really. 
Like, really? <laughs> like, uh, need need Fields to win the game again? Really? To, like, kind of cast your ticket and, a lot of time here? To win. Sure and, like, the Bears tried their damnedest to lose that game to Minnesota. It took all the... Yeah. And, look, Goff's capable of this, of turning it over like the way yeah. Goff's did in that Monday night game. Just, like, I, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't want to say this again. They're like, oh, well, Goff can't keep doing this. I guess then he can, right? Does. Yeah, <laughs> but don't, not a game, not a bet on the game yet. I totally understand the early interest in Chicago at the big number. There are a lot of things that seem to be working in their favor in this game. Ah, uh, always love talking about weather this time of year. But as Ken did a great job of explaining, we're going to have to this week. It's really going to matter in some of these handicaps. On the other side, we'll move uh, back to the NFC South and we'll talk about likely Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints taking on Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The great Steve Levy with the radio call yesterday of the uh, of the Saints and the Lions. And like, look, I think Derek Carr stinks. Is I don't know him personally at all. But as a quarterback, I don't think he's very good. Like a lot of people agree. Terrible contract that the Saints gave him. Also, this dude has taken some of like the biggest shots I've ever seen a quarterback take this season. Like, and, and to be given the credit, he keeps on getting up and keeps on coming back in for more. I guess you're getting paid $160 million guaranteed. You might that as well keep flag. coming back for more, right? Too, right? Wasn't there a flag on that one? Was that uh, Bruce Irvin? Was that that one? That one that, got it flagged. It was Bruce Irvin. It was Irvin. Yeah, that yeah. Got Irvin flagged, was the one that kind of like just absolutely got, got flagged crunched for, him. You know. For, for murder. crushing him, or barnstorming, <laughs> attempted murder for a poor Derek Carr. Um, Carr dealing with multiple injuries right now. We'll talk about Carr. We'll get to the Saints and the Panthers, and we'll talk NFC South odds in just a second. But I want to remind our live audience: the whale capper Drew Dinsick stops by one hour from now at five twenty p.m. Eastern time to give us his bets for Week fourteen in the NFL, and also thoughts on the in-season NBA tournament games tonight. Ken and I will give you all of our plays for tonight's action: NHL, the NBA with the Celtics and the Pacers, the. Kings and the Pelicans in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, and Monday Night Football at the Jaguars and the Bengals. That is obviously coming up in the power hour, the final hour of the show. But for now, we continue our handicap week 14 in the NFL. Kenny, bring the music up, please. And let's go to the NFC South, where we just were with the Falcons and the Bucks to talk the Saints and the Panthers. So the news here on Derek Carr, um, Saints head coach Dennis Allen, addressing the media today, as, as one does on a Monday. Carr in concussion protocol, also dealing with a rib injury. This is Carr's second concussion now in a month. I would be, anything can happen, I would be pretty surprised if Derek Carr ended up starting this game. I think we can almost proceed almost for sure, like Jameis Winston is going to start. Or maybe they start Taysom Hill, whatever, like I think it'll be Jameis, but not Derek Carr starting this game for the Saints. I don't know how you spin this. By starting this guy again, if it gets concussed again, it's an absolute PR nightmare. The league is not going to want to deal with that. I think almost certainly Carr will be out for this game for the Saints, and they host Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, who, like, you know, they lost again yesterday, but at least a decent accounting for themselves, losing by only three, 21 to 18 on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ken, this is another game where we saw um, movements overnight in the betting market from the Open, where the Saints were six last night. I actually saw it, and I was thinking, well, I bet when I wake up tomorrow morning, it won't be six anymore. And it's not. And you don't need to be a genius to kind of figure stuff like that out. The Saints are a five. Case in point, I knew. The Saints five and a half point favorites right now against Carolina. Ken, the total is 38 and a half. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. 
very likely, in my opinion at least, Jameis and the Saints against Bryce Young and the Panthers. Yeah, my my hope for this game, honestly, uh, is is kind of what we're seeing right now. I, I agree with you. I, I think much like with the Bears Lions game, right? A lot of time, like the there's sort of like there's like three phases of betting almost, and there's more than three with NFL betting, but like three really easy to identify ones. There's like the early numbers grabs. So that's like the book puts out like their number that's you know, in, in some cases, like their guy's opinion about what the game should be lined at. And then those get bet a little bit. Everybody copies that. And those numbers are still quote unquote off a little bit. Like they'll get bet into a, a certain way. So it's kind of like the numbers grab part, just really early openers. All this is, is like betters registering their opinion with like an odds makers open or like early action. Then there's like the midweek, which is much more driven by the injury reports. I think that makes sense to everybody. Stuff that we get all the time. This quarterback's questionable. This guy's not. Whatever. Team makes a change. Uh, and then kind of like game day, which is like super high limits. Some more injury baked into that. But then also like, honestly, like the people with the most influence because you can get the most down. Seems like that always kind of happens at that point. So the early numbers grabs, like, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like if people took the Bears at a big number thinking that's never going to come back again, or people took six against Jameis Winston, a lot of times if there's a team like swapping quarterback or like with quarterback injury news, their opponent will get bet like right away on the overnight with the idea that like you're you're probably getting a valuable number and maybe you like the team anyway, no matter who plays in the game. I, having said that, Maybe that was interesting to people, maybe not. In terms of this game, uh, I, I think Jameis playing for Carr and Taysom is like the goal. I, I actually think this opens up an avenue for the Saints to actually win the game by margin when I would never, ever, ever bet the Saints to win a game by margin, like ever. Like ever in a billion years of cars, the quarterback. I, I, I just I can't believe that we're both that, that we're both gonna like the Saints in this game. Yeah, I, can't believe I think it. they're very likely to win too. Like I like By Steelers Saints money line parlay. Who loses? That would be that's kind of like how I'm thinking about this game. About, so they, they, they they were what seven and a half against Bajan? That they're gonna be five and a half correct. in this game against the worst team? Like no way, no way. I had I had I had closing point spreads for their games written down, and you'll see this all the time where it's like oh there's a quarterback injury, and and the Panthers looked pretty good yesterday. They backdoor covered the game. And like, oh, like another NFC South game, probably going to be a close game. Uh, oh, say what you up? want about Jameis. Say what, what's say, up, say, NFC say what South? You, what's up? Sup, South? How you doing? Terrible? Okay. Uh, so there, as much as you can say bad stuff about Jameis's like turnover worthy plays, uh, who called the game yesterday? They had like the Jameis Winston experience. It was like a great part Honestly, of the call. Like of one of the Joe Davis had the call. Like we yeah. need to get that highlight to play on the show this week. Cause I actually tweeted that out. It was a brilliant call by Joe Davis on like the tipped pass right. that Olave caught. And he's just like, that's the Jameis. He nailed it. The Jameis Winston experience interception into like actually right. first and goal at the one. A great call by Joe Davis. So it, it the does life, probably. Yeah. Call of his life. It probably does increase the likelihood the Panthers win, that Jameis is starting, because you get a bunch of plays like that. And if you get a bunch of plays like that, that's a pick six some of the time. That's an interception some of the time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I, you also get a totally new element here, which we saw very briefly in the comeback attempt against Minnesota a few weeks ago, which is explosive plays down the field, something they have zero of, zero when Derek Carr plays and at least have the potential to have when Jameis Winston plays. You want to win a game by margin? Cool. Like you need a defense that can hold up their end of the bargain. Also need to generate explosive plays down the field when by margin in that way. And the Saints now, they, they it's not that they're going to, they can. So Carr's starting and it's six. I would have bet the Panthers six if Carr was playing in the game. Probably if it was six right now, we were talking about it. Great. Now, now Jameis upside less than getting bet against. Mm -mm. Like I actually totally disagree with that. And and maybe the Panthers 
maybe they end up coming to play the final month of the season. Maybe it's a lot of excruciating losses. Uh, I think this is like a pretty bad setup for them. I, I think the Saints are now more likely to win by margin. I actually like them a lot at this number. And, and like, and, and, and to Ken's point, just on Carr, and just look at the first play of the game, and, and I even tweeted this yesterday, it wasn't all Carr's fault that they were down 21 nothing early in the game. But, like, it, it's just symptomatic of what he does. So, for I think it was their first offensive play of the game, or first possession of the game, A.T. Perry is wide open down the field. Like, everyone was tweeting this after the fact. Carr doesn't even look his way. Checks it down to Jawan Johnson. Now, like, Jawan Johnson's got to make the catch. Like, he, like, tips the ball. Like, he drops it and it gets intercepted. But just, like, hey, Derek, like, throw the ball down the field, dude. Like, th this dude stinks. And, like, that doesn't mean that, like, I, we celebrate him getting hurt. I hope he's okay. Multiple concussions is really scary. It's like, I hope that he sits this week and doesn't play and the Saints don't put him out there because he shouldn't play in the game. Um, just like, Ken's right. Like, you're probably not going to win by margin unless you play the Patriots. <laughs> this, this iteration of the it's Patriots is like probably time. not going to happen. I think it's the only time they've won a game by more than a possession this year. Wait, five wins? Four wins? If five wins, and they're five was, and seven. And that was, look the Patriots, right that was the Patriots' first shutout loss of the season at home. Oh, they, beat the, they beat the Colts by 11. They beat the Colts by 11. And I, that was that was a pretty nuts game, 38-27. results. Like, imagine if those two teams played again, like how we would view And you know what's game. so funny? That's the one that that game's claim to fame is it's the one Derek Carr start where I came on the air and said, I'm supposed to bet the Saints in this game. It's the one it's the only one the entire season where I've come on and been like, I can't do it. But like, I'm supposed to do it here. Like the spots amazing. The spread is great. It's like close like less minus than one three. or something. Yeah, yeah like, close, I think they closed on the road. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, like I, and we'll talk about the Colts at some point, the recipients of the easiest schedule in NFL history. But like. That's pretty crazy. Their, their other wins this year beat the Patriots 34-0. First two weeks, they beat the Titans by one, the Panthers by three, they beat the Bears by seven. Um, so just like, they like to play close games and have a lot of, in addition to those wins, because you might be like, well, that's not a lot of games, a number of brutal, like, six and seven point losses, close games where they obviously could have won. Also, they're a close game team. Why are they a close game team? Because they're the worst red zone team imaginable, and they don't generate explosive plays, and that allows teams to keep it close against them. That goes away now. Now it doesn't. Maybe it gets replaced by something awful. <laughs> like it might. It might get replaced by three pick sixes. Probably not in this game. Who do the Saints have next week? Because like when if they truck the Panthers and they like go on the, I'm gonna look it up right now. I have it. I they. It. I it oh god. They host the Giants. Oh god. Well, honestly, like let's see who plays in that game. Is Tyrod gonna start that game? I think Tyrod might start on Monday on Monday night against Green Bay. That'll be the third straight home game for the Saints. To, that'll be really interesting. And, and, and just and like, so, and just so people know, Carr? like the Tyrod yeah. situation, like they're going to activate. They're going. They opened up his twenty-one day practice right. window because um, he was. Remember, he was on IR, obviously. And I saw some reports, some like beat writers speculating that Tyrod was going to be activated to the fifty-three man roster and probably start. Now, look, may, maybe Tyrod's the backup, and you want to see what you've got in Devito and like evaluate yeah. him because we know what Tyrod is. We'll see, basically, for Tyrod. It's kind of a phenomenon too, honestly, Devito. So, like, it's, it's honestly like you probably should start him, really. Just, well, that's, I mean, it's honestly, it's taken a lot of the stink away from the games, to be perfectly honest. It's at least given something something fun to talk about with the team. Whatever, it's, that's the Giants. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Saints here. I want to confirm that Jameis Winston is the starter and the number to be less than six, and then I will place the bet.
I, I just love, by the way, and I was doing like the Italian hand gesture when we were talking about Tommy DeVito, that the two like non-coaching player personnel people in the last decade plus to get involved in games, Dom DeSandro, who has the, the Italian patch on like his custom like Eagles jacket yesterday, yesterday for Philadelphia, and then remember Sal Alosi, like the Jets like strength and conditioning yeah. coach who like tripped a player on a punt return, Sal Alosi and Dom DeSandro, who coincidentally... And, like, this may be physically impossible. You might be asking, hey, like, there's no way that's true. They actually are both my neighbors in Staten Island, New York. Tom DeSandro and Salalosi. It's really interesting how that works. And Tommy DeVito lives across the street with his parents. You might think they live in New Jersey, but actually they live they live in Staten Island. Uh, Nick and Ken here, you better you bet on a Monday. Last note on this game, and maybe we could do a, le- a little NFC South odds. Take us through, like, the timeline this week, right? So we're currently sitting Saints 5.5. So 5.5, let's say Wednesday... Dennis Allen says, Jameis Winston is starting the game. Like, and they don't wait till Friday. That's my sense is that they're not going to drag this out with Carr. Let's say that it's announced that Jameis is starting. What do you think happens to the market? Does it go down? Does it stay the same? Like, when is the right entry point, in your opinion, here on the New Orleans Saints, assuming people agree with us and want to bet New Orleans in this game? This is a tough one because I have to believe if I think Jameis gives them a chance to light up the Panthers defense in a home game that maybe other people do too. Maybe other people see the game the same way. It's possible or or not. Doesn't have to work that but way. But you could take it the uh, other so this, way, right? And you even said this, right? Way, like maybe it's three pick sixes. Maybe people think like actually Carr gives you more. Like you'd rather have the steady option, stability. whereas Jameis, you win by twenty, right. you lose by twenty. So I, I'm not sure I, how people are going to view this. I agree. That, that's kind of my answer here. So like, I, as much as I would like to say I have a firm answer of when you should bet this game, if you agree with me, like I, you could bet it however you want. But like how I'm looking to bet it, first, like first things first, is Jameis the starter? Yes, no. And I know that sounds like a, a foregone conclusion or a formality. Let's just make sure. <laughs> I'm not really not, not worried about losing the number here or anything. Just make sure he's the starter. So like the handicap is valid. Uh, the other thing, and it's it's it would never matter, except it might matter in this game. Uh, the Panthers are down a number of players in their secondary. They're starting to get a little healthier, but they're not there yet. J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson, like two of their starting corners, are both against Derek Carr. Who cares? Who cares at all? All he does is check the ball down to Alvin Kamara. Jameis, now I kind of care. Now I kind of care if the corner. And my point is not like that I'm the X's and O's guy. It's just I think there are some injuries for Carolina's defense that could also cause this to go one way or another. Like if they get guys back and it's Jameis, you might see something similar to what you saw against Tampa, honestly. Like a lot of interest in the dog in an NFC South game to just keep the game close. That's possible, but I do not have norm. Sometimes I'll come on, I'll be like, I think this one's pretty easy. I think if this happens, it's this. If this, it's this. This one's a little complicated. It's it's and it's I'm not sure how people will interpret the Saints quarterback change if they'll interpret it the way I do, or if they'll interpret it as something very negative that needs to be bet against. We were saying in the break, wow, like we're at a pretty brisk pace here. We've hit a bunch of games already. Well, here, this now now we're back to typical Nick and Ken right. status here. On One Panther game Saints, too. God, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, last note here, and on the other side, we'll talk about it, and this that game will probably take us a full segment, the Texans and Jets. NFC South division odds right now. So Atlanta, and this makes me happy because I bet this, um, like whenever that was, Atlanta to win the division. Atlanta's now minus 175 to win the division, earning the right to get blown out by either Philly or Dallas in the in the wild card rounds of the playoffs. Atlanta minus 175. Tampa's plus 350. Like if the Bucks lose on Sunday in Atlanta, they are like eliminated basically. Not fully, but basically eliminated from, from playoff contention in the NFC South. New Orleans is plus 375. 
and the schedule for the Saints, home Carolina, home Giants, at the Rams, there'll be dogs in that game, but like, that's a winnable game, at Tampa, and then hosting Atlanta in the final game of the season. Any thought on betting a, a non-Atlanta team to win the division? Obviously not the Carolina Panthers. It's worth noting if they, uh, I have clinched uh, the in-season unders on the New Orleans win total got up to ten and a half for about six weeks, six consecutive weeks. Amazing. They were about ten and a half in the market. Uh, they cannot win eleven. That's not possible anymore. The preseason very large position still in play. Need one more loss, and I'm like you. I'm looking at the schedule again: Panthers, Giants, Rams, Bucks, Falcons, and I'm just like, God, I gotta get one more loss out of this. How are they gonna yeah, blow this one? How are they gonna Dennis do this Allen's one? The head yeah. coach, because their head Correct. coach is Dennis They'll Allen. at least you lose win. one more. Maybe on yes. Sunday, right? Exactly. Uh, but to your point, schedule is very easy. Yeah, I mean, I fly around New Orleans if you wanted to. I don't want any positive New Orleans stuff. I'm good on that. <laughs> right on the on the other side. Speaking of not wanting anything positive, we'll talk about the New York Jets as they get set to host C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. You better you bet rolls on right after this. Fake the handoff. Stroud looking. Stroud end zone wide open. Touchdown, Collins. C.J. Stroud on the money. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. I gotta tell you, that game really pissed me off yesterday. The Broncos not covering the spread or winning outright. Really, really stuck under my crawl. Ian Eagle with the call yesterday. Also, I would just like to bring the music down. Please, please bring the music down. Very, very important. Let us have... A few second moment of silence for Tank Dell and fantasy football teams impacted by Tank Dell season ending injury. Thank you. Poor Tank Dell. Brutal injury. What a great rookie season for Tank Dell. Sucks for the Houston Texans. Obviously, sucks for football fans. Sucks for better. Sucks for fantasy players. Literally, the last thing that anyone wants to see is any player get hurt, obviously. And Tank Dell, like, a, like a, a national treasure thus far this season, coming in as a rookie and dominating the way that he did with C.J. Stroud. Like, the best quarterback, wide receiver, rookie combo since Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton back in 2012. Really unfortunate that that uh, Tank Dell season-ending uh, ankle injury, underwent surgery earlier today, D'Amico Ryan saying Tank Dell lost for the season. We'll talk about the Texans-Jets game and all the news involving the New York Jets today, and there's a lot of it because this team's an absolute circus, but want to remind our live audience, the whale capper Drew Densick joins us next hour, giving us bets for the NBA in-season tournament, his bets for Week 14 in the NFL, and then all of our bets for tonight in the Power Hour, final hour of the program. We'll also bring you Lochmas. Ken Barkley's going to tell you his early thoughts on Michigan and Bama, Texas and Washington in the college football playoff semifinals. But for now, let's talk about the Texans and Jets. Kenny, let's bring the music up here. The betting market here, Ken, for Sunday's game at the Jersey Meadowlands. Yet, yet another, I'm sure Jets fans are thrilled, another home game coming up here. Uh, the Texans are six-point road favorites at the Jets. The total in the game is 35. So we touched on this earlier in the show, just to bring people up to speed, because this is all happening in real time. Uh, Diana Rossini and Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic tweeting out, like maybe in the, the 2 o'clock hour Eastern time, the hour before we come on the air, that the Jets were wanted to go back to Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback for this game, but that Wilson was, quote, like reluctant to go back into the lineup and play for the Jets. And obviously, firestorm on social media. I'm firing off a take on it, which is basically like, if he's not going to play, they, they got to release him. Because like, what's, what's, what, why is he there if he's not going to play? But then Robert Sala addresses the media and says, well, actually, hashtag, well, actually, 
Uh, I talked to Zach, I meaning Robert Sala, talked to Zach Wilson, and Zach said he wants the ball and that Sala was not ready to make a decision on who the quarterback's going to be. If you, the listener and viewer, are hearing all of this and thinking, this makes no frickin' sense, you're right. What's there to say about this circus right now in Florham Park? So, Ken, I think the one thing that we can feel pretty confident about is that the quarterback for this game for the Jets on Sunday will not be Tim Boyle. Got pulled from the game yesterday and Simeon came in. I think this is Simeon or Zach Wilson, and I I don't I don't profess to know who it's gonna be. I guess maybe like general manager Aaron Rodgers could say play play my friend Tim Boyle. I guess that could happen. I think it's unlikely. I think it's Simeon or Wilson. Texans minus six, thirty-five the total, pen, pencil, blood or blank, Texans and Jets. I mean, the most likely situation there is that Wilson was actually reluctant to go in, but Sala did the right thing and like got up there and was just like put it all to bed by saying that Wilson went to him, like cleaned up the mess. That seems like the most protected likely situation. Him. Yeah, protected him, cleaned, like did did what a, a good coach would do, honestly, in that situation. Like there's a report coming out like that. You squash it immediately. Nope. He's the like he he actually actually the exact opposite. Actually, he came to me and he said, I want to play like just completely defeat, try to defuse the situation, which is tough to do because it's New York and because it's Zach Wilson. Uh, in terms of like this market or do I have a strong opinion on it? It's six at MGM, but it's like six and a half in half the sports books that are currently listing the game, just to give people an idea of like how this market shaped with a really low total. Uh, my first thought in the game, just like when I first saw the market, uh, my first thought was Jets in the under parlayed. Um, like just and and this is not even like about the Jets, honestly. I feel like I'm like very anti Houston Texans. I don't. I'm, I don't try to be. It doesn't like come across on the show all the time. I'm sure I've been against them a few times. Uh, sometimes it's been good. Sometimes I actually haven't been against them very much. Although I was against them yesterday. And just what I would just remind people about this team. And they're they're the surprise. Them and the Colts are the surprise teams of the year. And so like celebrate that. They haven't made the playoffs in a while. They've been the last few years, Deshaun Watson, all that stuff. And now, like, here's Stroud and Ryans and these, like, skill position players, including Tank And Dell. Will Anderson. And Will and Anderson. Will Anderson, who we'll talk about in a second. And, uh, and like, they've they've hit on all this and that's like really cool and it's fun to watch it's fun to watch Stroud, but he's awesome he's he's so there was about 90 yards down the field to a bunch of really good wide receivers it's really fun um they also don't win games by more than a possession like ever they're also they also still have lots of moments in the red zone where they're terrible which like no one wants to admit apparently where like obvious situations where they just like take a sack or a penalty and it doesn't work very well for them and it allows teams to stay russell wilson had a throw to win the game Kyler Murray had a drive against them to win the game. Like these, are, this is not as much as Stroud's awesome, and like the the Twitter videos look great. There's still some issues here. Like they're not they're not going to blow out everybody. That's not how it works. So like in this game for me, it's do I bet the Jets? Yes or no? And you could be like, oh, like another person saying Jets. I my biggest bet was Falcons money line yesterday. I love betting it. I bet the Dolphins on Black Friday. I think the Jets are terrible. Also, now this number is like, I think I might have to bet the Jets. Let's see who the quarterback is. Let's like let this develop a little throughout the course of the week, because this is also the kind of thing, even if like you think this is nuts, I think I'm going to be right about this. I actually think this might have like a very small impact on the betting market for the game, that this is like a, this is like madness, what's going on there, that there's like this mutiny and we don't know if Wilson's going to play. Put it this way, I don't think it's going to make people bet the Jets aggressively. Like, I, I think it's going to be like market stays the same or the Texans get bet up even more. Uh, 
I just would never trust this team on the road to win by margin yet. Like a couple years from now, when Stroud wins 14 games and wins MVP, great. Uh, not this year, not this team. All they do is play one possession games. And the Jets showed an ability to keep the game close against Desmond Ritter yesterday. Their defense, which has, like, I think we asked questions like, did they quit in the second halves of these games? They played really well yesterday in a lot of the game. They played really well the week before that. Like, I just, uh, you know, like, it, in, until they didn't, I think in, the, in a game like this, I think that I definitely think the Jets can keep the game close. It would be Jets or nothing. Uh, I kind of want to see who the quarterback is and what happens to the betting market. And and for whatever it's worth, maybe it's nothing. I actually do think it's something. So the Jets last year, obviously, I think they were seven and four and then lost out, like lost every game. And now we're seeing like kind of like something similar happen, like not like the same one loss record, but basically this huge losing streak towards the end of the year. And the players are all acknowledging it, like they know it, and they are just if you listen to the post-game quotes, and I've listened to a lot of them, watched a lot of the content, it feels like this is not a team yet, at least, and maybe it happens. I don't feel like the defense, at least, I don't think they're ready to quit yet. I don't think this team's quit yet. And I think, to Ken's point, they showed you that yesterday in the second half. The defense could have easily folded with all, like, the ridiculous plays by the offense. They played until the very end. So just, like, that's just my opinion. Um, as far as the quarterback here for the Jets, and I agree with you, I don't think it's like, oh, my, oh, oh, oh my God, Simeon starting, jet, jam the right. Jets. Like, I don't, I don't think that's what this is. But I'll ask you a subjective question. Let's assume it's not Tim Boyle. I, I have to imagine it's Simeon or Wilson that starts this game, and it's never Boyle. Which quarterback would you rather have to bet the Jets in this game at a big price? Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon, and why? Simeon? Because I haven't seen it yet. So it could be good. I I actually, I think, like, to cover a number like this, I think I'd rather have Wilson because I think he's just going to check the ball down the whole the whole game and, like, not throw interceptions. He's so he's afraid gonna take of more making sacks. the bad decision. I think that he's going to take more sacks than Simeon is. Yeah. a statue. And I'm like, look, we're not, we're, we're, we're not exactly debating, like, Montana or Young gear for the 49ers. You're right, absolutely. But I think Simeon's got more, like, throws it right to Stingley and he just takes it for a pick six. Whereas Zach Wilson's going to look at that situation and say, I'm not even going to try to throw this ball here. Hey, uh, hey, Brees Hall, here's four yards on, like, third and 18, and we'll just send out the punt unit. Uh, anyway, uh, I think I'm with you here at a big number to take the points with the Jets. I, I think, uh, and I think you did a great job, Ken, talking about, listen, like, Stroud's great. D'Amico Ryans has done a great job. Will Anderson will give you the opportunity to talk about him in a second for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Texans have been awesome. What a great story. Stroud's amazing. I feel like this team is very lucky and very lucky to be where they're at, and it's not to take anything away from the quarterback or the coach or the GM, whatever. I feel like it's a bubble that's going to burst at some point. Maybe not this Sunday, but I'm with you, Ken, where I think it's Jets or nothing. Let's see how far this gets, and then we can have a conversation. Uh, talk to us, Ken, about Will Anderson here in Defensive Rookie of the Year, who had... Like, probably was the star of the game yesterday for the Houston Texans. Sure. Uh, yeah, had a great game yesterday. I'm sure people who watched Red Zone, like, they spent a lot of the telecast focusing on him. And this stuff, look, there's there's no, this isn't like a, a hidden, this isn't a secret. This is no, there's no mystery here. Like, sometimes it's pretty easy to figure out where stuff's going to go, right? Like, I'm watching the game live, texting with somebody who I bet with, and Anderson gets sack number two, and I just go... I, like and there's a couple places that keep awards open during the games not for very much but they keep them open and he's like 12 to 1 11 to 1 10 to 1 to win defensive rookie of the year just like we've been i've been waiting in this market forever people who listen to the award segments on thursday know that every time we either we don't talk about this market or every this is like fight club or we or every time we do talk about it it's like nothing yet 
and maybe never something. Maybe Carter, Jalen Carter just wins. He's a favorite right now. Or Witherspoon ends up making a bunch of picks and he wins. It's just, I, and I said this every time we talk about it, I just go, it's just worth noting, those two guys have like no stats. And if anyone ever came around that could have stats, it would get really interesting really fast. Will Anderson has two sacks yesterday. He goes 11 to one to four to one in a week. What do you think happens when he has one more sack? It's worth noting. He has more sacks than Carter right now. He already does. He already does. I just great. There's a lot of talk about like, well, Carter's like an all pro because he like beats these double teams and he wins at the line of scrimmage. Like, and that's awesome. Will Anderson has one of the great pressure rates of any rookie of all time right now. Of all time. It's like the Bosa's and like Alden Smith and him. Like, that's it. And now that's finally been realized by actual production in the form of sacks. Uh, I, so imagine imagine me saying this. So look, like I bet the bejesus out of this and you won't get the numbers that I got. And I'm sorry because this happened overnight. But like he was 11 to one and now he's four to one. I think this is a gross mispricing still. I actually just messaged someone who I consider smart and they write back. I actually think he needs to be the favorite and maybe buy a lot right now. I texted this like, to you yesterday like, during that. the show, during the games. Yeah. I texted 10. I was like, this guy's going to win defensive rookie of the year. Right. And I go like I go like we bet twelve and to and eleven and I still think it's, and then I, I wrote bet, I still think and, it's good. <laughs> yeah, and, and because this jerk Ken yeah. Barkley bet twelve and eleven, I had to bet nine, but I still bet right. it, which was really great. Yeah, which was really great. Still uh, mispriced that, in my opinion. Can't emphasize that enough. Not correct. Yeah. All right, uh, two hours down, two more to go. More P squared B squared coming up in hour number three. Also a conversation with the whale capper Drew Densick. <laughs> 